Hey there, you're listening to Hunchback Talks. In this episode, Paul Dietman is joined by Ella Song, the force behind Huron Music. Explore the dynamic journey of entrepreneurship as she shares insights on working with her life partner, breaking gender norms in the music industry, and mastering the delicate art of work-life balance. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another Hunchback Talks, and we are here with Ella Sonke. Yes. Hero Music. Yes. Um, we are friends. Um, you have a business together with your partner. Um, we had a nice chemistry. We released something from from Guido, your partner, and also your partner in in business, from Hero Music, and that's kind of how the relationship starts a little bit. And we said, hmm. We had him in a trailer react where we were reacting on three trailers. Um, and we said, hmm, what can we do more? Why don't we dive a little bit deeper into you and also the business yeah. side of things? Because yeah. we haven't really covered their perspective yet too much. So we said, Ella will be perfect for this. Yeah, I was very surprised. I was like, really, me? <laughs> me? Are you sure? I think you have um, uh, more in the... Uh, what is that always called? Uh, the imposter syndrome, right? Where you're like, oh, oh what, yeah. what do I have to say? Yeah. But you have uh, more experience than you might know. So maybe to go a little bit more back in time, uh, I'm very curious if the music industry or what you do now with Hera Music, is this something that you always wanted to do when you were a child? Is it something that you imagined to be later on? Yeah. Or is it something that you roll into? Can you tell me something mm -hmm. about how you grew up, studies? Definitely, yeah. Well, I grew up in Amstelveen. So close to Amsterdam, and um, um, I like music. In my upbringing, it was, yeah, my dad listens to a lot of music. I was named after Ella Fitzgerald, so wow. there is some, you know, music was a part of my upbringing, not in the sense of playing music, so I was not raised with piano lessons or guitar lessons or singing or... Um, so not in that part, music was a part of my upbringing. Um but I was always very um, into organizing and I, I had a bit of an authority problem sometimes. <laughs> and I always wanted to do things really in my own way. So also with learning um, uh, uh, math and stuff like that, I always wanted to find a way that it made sense in my own head. So I was always a bit stubborn and wanted to do things on my own, yeah, on my own way, in my own way. So my, my parents weren't really surprised that I ended up as an entrepreneur. Um, and then um, when I was a child, I actually wanted to become a midwife. A always. midwife? Yes. That was always my big passion. And when I was super young and already so sure that I wanted to become a midwife. Okay. Which, which was very weird because I was six or something and I was, I had no idea really what it entailed, but I was determined. What's, do you remember what's the origin of that passion was? Was it a Disney movie? Was it something you're like, wow, I, I saw it somewhere or somebody in the family? No, not in the family. I, I saw it on TV. There was a, a show on uh, SBSS. I don't think the channel yeah. even exists anymore. Uh, <laughs> about uh, births or women giving birth at home as well. And I always found it magical, like magical. And I had books about the development of the babies in the belly and stuff like that. I was very interested in it. Yeah. And then in high school, I couldn't do the, um, the, the how do you call it? Fuck a bucket. The, yeah. 
the, the, the side that you have to decide yeah. if it's more biology, mathematics. Yeah. No, I couldn't or... do it because my uh, my math, the math side of it, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> so I couldn't do that. So uh, if I wanted to, then to become a midwife after high school, I should have done another uh, bit of high school separate from uh, that. And then uh, I could do it. But then I was into fashion, more more of those kind of things. And I had the FAVIO diploma. So yeah. my dad said, you need to go to university. So I did. And I studied communication science. All and, right. uh, and after that, I thought, no, I should go back to that passion. And I went to the, um, the open, uh, open house day uh, of the school of mid, mid, midwifery, midwifery. Um, and I was there and I loved it. I loved it. I was like, oh, I'm home. It's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I did the, the test because you need to do a test first. And I missed like uh, three points. Oh, okay. And yeah. that kind of... So I had like 472 yeah. and I needed to have 475. So annoying. So I wasn't accepted. So was that then also your crossover to say, okay, this is not for me? So that was yeah. kind of your wall to say, okay, I'm not going to push forward with this? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of let it go there because it was also a hassle. You know, I needed to, if I would go there, I needed to study again, you know, and, and I was already kind of done with studying, to be honest. So I, I do believe sometimes that the universe is yeah. showing yeah, you, definitely. like, if, if it's, too complicated or whatever. Yeah. This is a little bit hard because sometimes you have to have the perseverance and consistency to yeah. push through something to make it uh, or to let to let it manifest. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes it's dropping you IDs yeah. and links and and it's and not hints. meant to be. I so had maybe that not. feeling. Yeah, I had that feeling that it wasn't meant to be. You you became a mother instead. I became a mother instead. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, you still do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, and I always uh, that was always. I never really had a clear vision in my mind what I wanted to do. Yeah, except for being a midwife. But I always knew for certain that I wanted to be a mom. That was, you know, I never really had a career path like oh, I want to end up here or there. Hmm. I I was just sure that I wanted to become a mom. So. Then you decided to partner up with Guido. Yeah. And uh, to say, why don't we just start a family, like yeah. a family business with yeah. kids? Yeah. But we also start to work together. Yes. How did that came to, to be? How did that manifest? Was this an, a choice that you both needed to think about it for a long time? Because I know you know each other for a very long time since high school. Yeah. And... Is this something that you always felt that you wanted to do or how this is came to reality? What happens? Um, well, when I started my career in music or in advertising music, that was right after I had my, after not being accepted to the midwife school, I did a master in corporate communication. And after that, um, via a friend of mine, I was asked to work at a company that makes music for advertising. And uh, I worked there. And then Guido started to work there as a freelancer a lot. So we we worked together quite a lot from the beginning of my career. So I was very used to that. And um, yeah, I, I always kind of liked that in the work field, it uh, there's not really a difference between personal life and work life. You know, you can just be yourself at work if, if you're not really comfortable in your own skin that day or you're a bit sad or depressed maybe for no reason at all you can just share it you know you have those workplaces where emotions are not allowed you know yeah, yeah. 
I did an internship on the Zuidas in a very corporate company and emotions were not allowed. No. <laughs> and I kind of like that game because I see it as a game. But, you know, for a lifelong career, I wouldn't, I didn't really see myself in that kind of position. So, yeah, from the very start of my career, I've always worked with Guido. And uh, as you said, we've been together for a long time. So I was 17 when we met. I was still in high school and he was uh, going to the HAKU, to the music uh, school. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we kind of grew up together. And uh, and I started my career with him around. And um, yeah, it kind of actually happened. It was never like... Uh, our end goal to end up in a company together it kind of happened like all the stars aligned it was at the perfect moment in his career and in my career or yeah I didn't really I didn't have a job at the moment so um, it was perfect yeah so that was the point that you said why don't we do this together yeah yeah so I work with my brother as well Uh, more than 10 years we have the companies Um, a lot of people tell me it's like oh but isn't that a problem working with family because mm-hmm. there's so much responsibilities and there's so much um, ground for discussions or maybe even to not like each other anymore. So yeah. are you jeopardizing that? Can you maybe have some some tips why it actually is very positive to work with somebody so close to you? For me, your brother, for you, your partner, to keep <clears throat> it so close to the heart, business yeah. and your personal, uh, personal life. Well, I think it, For us, it's very beneficial because we know each other really well. So we know each other's strengths and weaknesses and we can help each other, you know, move beyond that. And uh, yeah, we we know each other so well, you know, we see in in like a split second what's going on in each other's heads. Um, And I think uh, being a couple and also the couple that we are very, very connected with each other that, yeah, that really helps in the business and um, it really helps us communicate and uh, I think it also challenges you to communicate even better Um, yeah so my tips would be you know uh, know each other's strengths or be aware of each other's strengths and weaknesses and talk about them and and communicate with each other keep communicating it's mostly communication so it doesn't even have to be family of course it can also be a a business partner yeah Uh, and most of the time it comes down to that people be sucking it up too much and then it becomes this like uh, buckets of problems and at one point it's uh, overfills when you have problems and you don't know each other very well you can never rationalize the the things or think like oh yeah maybe it comes from that with him or her because she's like this or that Mm. you know Uh, and i think knowing each other already solves a lot of possible conflict maybe still we do have conflict though (laughs) sometimes so so maybe it's also good to to hear is there something that you say oh but that makes it quite difficult to work so close with somebody or uh, with family oh like, oh, I, I kind of really like everything about it, to be honest. <laughs> Guido might say differently, but he he's sometimes not sick of me, but, you know, I always like to be around him. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long, often, how many days in a row. I really like to be in his company. And, and he is sometimes like, yeah, I've had enough. Had enough. enough for today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how do you do that? Because he's uh, mainly creating all the music. You are doing more of the business side of things. Um how did that uh, dynamic between you guys 
came to be? Was this something that you discussed? Is this something naturally that was like, okay, that makes complete sense? Yeah. How did that how did it work out for you? How did you decide that? Yeah, it makes complete sense, really, because he's really bad at organizing <laughs> and keeping control of things. And and I'm really I'm I'm a creative person, but I um yeah, I'm not I do not have the patience. He's very patient and I'm very impatient. So I I like to do the jobs that I do are kind of like quick and you know uh, a lot of things at the same time, small tasks, and he's better at the do, doing the long day in the studio with the details. And um, so it, it it was naturally like totally natural. Like it's a good yin yang. Yeah, it's yeah. um it's good to hear saying that because a lot of people that work together, especially if they're very green and very new to it, yeah. they sometimes think they have to carry the efforts 50-50, but mm. then on all disciplines, mm. which is, I believe, a mistake. Like there is a difference in somebody is just better at that and it's not a an issue or it's not a weakness to say, hey, I'm actually not that good at this. Maybe you do that because you are better at it and you think it's more fun. Yeah. This is kind of your, your start when... Um, when you kind of dedicate the jobs that you have yourself, especially if you start to the people within the company. Yeah. So I, yeah. you have a good yin-yang. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah, well, and, it, and, and there's no different way because I cannot make music even if I wanted to. Like, <laughs> I have, I do not know how to play an instrument. I do not know how to sing. So That makes it maybe very good in your position because you yeah. have not the emotional value to it yeah so and you know how much emotional value Guido has when creating some something yeah that you can sell it maybe without as much attachment as he has to it oh yeah yeah uh, he does good. not have a big ego when it comes to his music but still it's helpful I think and also I can give him perspectives of a non-music maker which is very helpful to him as well sometimes yeah because if you uh, the music maker, the composer, sometimes they, uh, and we, we care about those details. Yeah. That is maybe just a tiny percentage of high professionals that will notice things like that. Mm -hmm. When maybe if you say, and you listen to it, you're like, okay, but this is already the quality that's, so the, the bar of quality is sometimes very hard to dedicate from within the discipline mm. uh, because you see it. That's why you're the professional within that thing. So if you're a level designer or a programmer or a, a narrative writer or composer, sound designer, you see all the little details in that. So yeah. I think that makes it very, very good that you have somebody a little bit outside of it yeah. that knows the industry well, that knows music, but then also not to be too attached to the compositions. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard though for me as well, because I do not have control over the end product that we deliver. So yeah, yeah I, can, <laughs> I can help him, of course, but you know, I do not have full control. And that's uh, is it, sometimes... Do you sometimes have a different perception about what the, the client is asking? They want a piece of music and you're like, oh, that, that sounds like this in my head. And then Guido makes something. You're like, wait a second. Um, this is a little different, but... <laughs> um, I don't think we ever had that. No, because I, I'm not a composer, so I do not hear anything in my head yet. So, okay. um, no, I have I have full trust in him to to make whatever is out there. Sometimes I steer it a little bit. Like, I think you're a little bit too much okay. like that or too little like that. And then, uh, but yeah. No, and he, ta I, I he takes him. that advice in uh, in the works? Most of the time. That's very nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I didn't expect anything else. He, yeah. would, he would listen. Yeah. Um, is there then also a certain preference? So let's say there's brands, there's cool fashion brands or maybe 
uh, uh, movies um, that are particularly your favorite. And you're like, oh, I would love to kind of chase this. Like I'm going to mm. figure out how to get this client in or create this business or create this project. Um, is, that, is that different than what Guido likes or is that very much a symbiosis between what you both want? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I, I also really look for jobs that, that uh, challenge him uh, in a creative way. And, uh, you know, I need to keep him a bit a bit on his tiptoes, you know, and keep him a bit hungry <laughs> and interested. Um, so I mostly look for things that challenge him um, besides the, the the clients we already have. So I'm, I'm mostly looking for that, like, in his perspective. Um, and, and for me, that that lines up with what I want. Okay. So is it uh, so you already have some existing people that you work with, yeah. um, but let's say you want something new. Like, is this something that you strategize over to say, okay, we we have these existing clients, but now we want to have this new market or or specifically a project? Yeah. How would you go about? Let's say in a more practical sense, you say, okay, we want this. We want to score this movie. Um, it's a great movie. I think there is some wiggle room to shoehorn ourselves in yeah what how would you approach this is this just uh via linkedin is there is there something that you have a, a certain way how you approach something like that well i still kind of struggle with that to be honest so i i've tried multiple directions um but what i know now uh is that uh making amazing quality work isn't enough mm. uh people also need to uh, you need to have the gun factor. How do you say that? Yeah, yeah like the very likable factor. Yeah, yeah. the likability factor. Yeah. Uh, that's really important. And, you know, the way we work may not be for everyone, you know. Um, so I still need to find a way to connect with the right people. I can do cold sales. That's fine. You know, let me do that. That's no problem at all. But uh, I, I feel as if um, you know, who do I talk to then as well? Like, do I talk to fellow producers or at in, in the advertising sense or film sense? Do I talk to fellow producers, not music producers, but yeah. the people who, uh, who make the deals? Uh, do I talk to them? And then what I notice when I talk to them a lot of the time is that, that that's people that just want the job done. They don't care yeah. that you're really good. They just want the job done. Yeah. They don't really care about the quality or the effort or the passion. You know, they expect you to be good because you're at a certain level, but, you know, they don't really care that much. And then then you would think, well, then we should connect with directors or creatives, uh, but they're not interested to talk to me. They want to talk to Guido. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Guido comes in very handy because he's a very likable person. So that What's always that works. Um, but that takes time. You know, I need to take him out of the studio, you know. So I, I still really struggle with finding the best way to do sales. Um, and also I feel as if, um, like for composers, um, we're in the background so much. We're at the end of the chain. Why are we not more at the front of the chain? We all say like, we want to be involved earlier. Yeah. You know, why, why don't we step up to the plate and be involved earlier on? So I'm thinking now of a way to do sales that is more earlier in, in the process. Like make an yeah. awesome piece of music with awesome composers in collaboration with Guido. And then Guido is also inspired by the other composers and producers. Make something awesome together and then put it in, put it in the world and say, hey, you know, I have this great piece of music. Who wants to make an awesome film to it? Yeah. 
Now, I think you're saying something very important, which uh, a lot of people ask as well. It's like, is it all about talent? And I would say yeah. it helps. Talent helps a lot. It but helps. it's more about your consistency and perseverance that's... Yeah. Uh, and, and, and personal relations. Like, yeah. you like to work with people that you like to work with. And yeah. you're saying something interesting about producers as well. They they would like to get the job done. So yeah. sure, if you are maybe a friend or whatever, then they can shoehorn you in. Yeah. And then again, you have the directors, they actually have a certain creative vision also, something about the music. So yeah. they want to have that. And that is difficult indeed to, to say, where do you start? Yeah. And I would always say, start with your own circle and then from that circle, make it bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's always my advice as well. But it's, um, I do understand that it can be a, a hassle to say, hmm, where do you start? Like it is, um, and, and also what you're saying about maybe you start not with the project first, but with the music first. I know an example from Casey Neistat's big YouTuber. Yeah. Um, he, he made with his brother a lot of Coca-Cola commercials. So mostly film, and I'm not sure what he did with the music back then. But Coca-Cola didn't ask him. Like, mm. He just made those commercials, but he made it pretty cool with his own style, and he had a little bit of a cool thing going. And then eventually, Coca Cola came to him, and he said, and they said, uh, "Okay, oh, you make the next one because yeah. we like the other ones." Yeah. But by thinking, it was already a Coca Cola commercial in the first place. Mm. So what? of course, you have a lot of composers, and they're saying, "Oh, let's rescore a certain trailer, yeah, or rescore uh, a certain commercial." Therefore, we can show, look. Um, I don't know, uh, uh, Chanel, look at what we can do to your uh, to your commercial, yeah. which is, of course, to some extent working. I, I do think that a, a brand like that is too big. So that's, yeah. then you need to really know the right people to show that, like, look, I made it better. Yeah. But even that, let's say you have a beautiful commercial, you make it a little bit better, that doesn't cut it. No. If it's, or it needs to be completely different and that needs to be amazing or you need to know somebody. Yeah. And I think that makes it, uh, so yes, I understand the different way around. Yeah. But then you need to really show the benefits of why that is more important. Why is it attracting more, I don't know, if it's a commercial, more of an audience. Why is it speaking more to the demographic? Well, I, th I think I'm, we're not going to do it like, I haven't thought it out completely, but uh, then I would just make a separate piece of music, not a picture or anything. I just want to make an awesome composition and then go to a brand or to a director like, hey, would you want to do anything with that? And then totally remix it, of course. But, you know, to, to, to showcase a certain style and um, yeah, also to challenge Guido and, and let him collaborate with people. People do like that... Uh, um example or kind of the the proof before diving into it but then yeah. you guys already have so much proof in a way it's kind of insane if people would ask you to prove it again because you have proven it yeah you, it's you annoying think, but you know <laughs> it's in it. so you have to keep patient and ambitious and uh, you know think think outside of the box and that's sometimes challenging for me as well like uh, yeah it's sometimes frustrating but you know it also keeps the fire going so what do you do with, so you you have already a client base and people that you work with. Is there something specific you do to nurture them to say, oh yeah, we need to come back to them. We need to take them to dinner. We need to see them at the network thing or whatever. Is there something that you say, oh yeah, we of course need to pamper a little bit of our existing 
client base? Uh, there isn't really anything set in stone, or it's, it's more intuitive, I think. Uh, and the clients that we have that that con continue to come to us are also most of them have become friends. Um, so yeah, I think we have the likability factor to them, but they also they're also that to yeah. us. So yeah, exactly. Um, no, yeah, I think. With every client, we have a certain amount of quality and, and time and effort and thinking outside of the box and thinking of new ways to improve our way of working creatively, but also like in, in my field of work, you know, make it more effective, make it more time or and cost effective. Um, but that's something we kind of do with everyone. Yeah, there isn't really a certain strategy. No, to be honest. So there's, <laughs> of course, all these events as well where you can mingle with everybody and you can kind of shoot there's, there's all these people from the same industry or a little bit outside yeah. they come together there's many of these events uh, some more party-like setting uh, more uh, drinking and, and having dinners to you uh, and the other one is more with conferences so you have more talks that you can go to and see perspectives of people what do you think about these events like how much do you make use of that in your business development to say okay these events are is that a big chunk of the business to say that is really important to meet people face to face, of course, but also to accumulate more new business? Um, well, I haven't really had any new business from those kind of events, to be honest. What, what I get mostly out of it is that I think it's really important to inspire and encourage young composers and meet young composers and give them tips and advice and, you know, help, help them and, and show them that you're never too good to be at an event like this, uh, lots of the big players are not there. And I think that's really a pity, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's really nice to meet other composers uh, and talk because, you know, it's quite an anonymous thing, to be honest. And I don't really understand why. The film composers are quite a close community. And I have a small work group as well with film composers that we talk very openly about fees and how you're going to, how you make your quotes and, you know, think of effective ways together to to collaborate, um, but for certain in uh, in in advertising, it does not happen. You know, there's a big competition feel, yeah, and that's not necessary at all. Like, yeah. there's enough work for everyone. We 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 talked about it before this uh, podcast. We yeah, I believe so much in collaboration yes. over competition, yeah. and um, the same thing is I know when when we started out as well. Um, Pricing was yeah. such a different, like, how do you dedicate it? Some people said hours and people said, like, yeah, okay, but you put already so much time into it. So is it really hours? And then the prices are very different. So they go from 5,000 to sometimes 300,000. Yeah. And, uh, and if you really, it depends if it's more of a commercial side, what I'm talking about, advertisement. So fashion or trailers or yeah. games. And there's so much in between. Yeah. And very sporadic kind of how you dedicate those prizes yeah so how and i get the question as well like how do i dedicate what what's what should i ask because i most composers they just want to make something yeah like he's asking for everyone them, for, for any kind of amount they would yeah yes yeah. and that's i i do believe as your human sense to say even if you wouldn't get money for it, it should feel like you really want to do it. Then I think you're doing something great in life. Yeah. Although, sure, you should get money for it. Yeah. That would be great. So yeah. how would people dedicate that? So you're saying, I'm 
talking with a group of composers as well. Yeah. You kind of try to be very transparent with one another to say, what do you get for it? So yeah. you kind of know a little bit what is average. Mm -hmm. Is there other ways how or methods that you can use to dedicate those prizes? Mm. I'm not sure. I think, yeah, talk to your fellow uh, composers on the same kind of level, you know, and, and I'm quite honest as well. Like a few weeks ago at ADA, I said to a composer, you're doing your job way too cheap. You're ruining it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he was like, yeah, fuck, you're right. I wasn't aware of that, that I'm also yeah. ruining the standard for everyone. You can become the one that does it for free all yeah. the time. Yeah. And that's, um, you need to be very careful with that or else. So careful, yeah. Uh, we also have seen that, um, I believe it was uh, Chanel again, they had a perfume and they wanted to make a budget version to make it more accessible to people. Mm. So I believe they made it around like 30 bucks and nobody bought it. So they mm. raised the price to 60 bucks, everybody bought it. Yeah. And this is a strange thing about perception that people think that sometimes it's not. And the same happens in business. So if, if you become the one that is making a price that is really cheap, yeah. then you would say, oh, but now I'm... I'm doing, I'm, I'm competing with price here. So that's great. But a lot of people would also consider that, like, that then it can be good. Yeah. That it can be quality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also the thing, like we discussed at the beginning of starting Heron, we had these talks and uh, with the whiteboards and, you know, did the whole <laughs> official thing. Didn't really work out for us, but we had some good, <laughs> you know, some good grounds on which uh, the company is uh, started. Um, and then he said, I want I want to be known for being expensive, Guido said. I was like, really, really, are you sure? Yeah. But that's a good thing, I think, eventually now. Um, uh, also with, you know, the, the emphasis we put on quality and uh, custom music being, uh, you know, a very special thing, you know. People make the conscious decision to make custom music. They invest in it. Um, and it needs, you need, we need to differentiate ourselves more from stock music and... Uh, um, and you can. You yeah, have, can. of course, uh, fashion brands that are deliberately wanting to be budget fashion or uh, yeah. they, they call it, uh, I don't know, it's like a monthly fashion or something that you, you throw it away, kind of mm. H&M, Zara, Primark. Yeah. Yeah. Those are brands that really go for fast fashion. Yeah. And then you have brands that say like, no, no, we are more expensive, uh, more durable. And also the price is part of that experience in making the perception, maybe even placebo, uh, here and there yeah, to have that thing. And you can. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like we only want to work for our full price all the time, you know, and all the expensive brands and the fancy brands. Of course, also for low budget things, we always try to do exceptional things. And, and you know, um, we're doing quite a budget job right now. And we asked uh, Philip Lasseter, which is the trumpetist and arranger for Prince, Mariah Carey, like super big artist. We asked him to do uh to play the saxophone for Super that cool. job yeah really cool but like why not you know we still go for the exceptional quality even if it's not like a super fancy brand or anything um because we want to make every job worth it and you know always look back on the job and feel like yeah we put in everything we could um so it's not like we work full budget all the time but like our main message is you know we're on the higher end yeah yeah, yeah. you don't want to be like fast fashion, fast music, just no. get the job done and get out of there. No, there are some jobs that, that 
want that. And that's fine as well. We have those jobs as well. But like our main interest is, you know, we want to put in the hours. We want to look at how we can make it extra cool. Like, for example, hiring uh, Philip Blaster to to, to, uh, to play the horns. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it also keeps Guido inspired, keeps it interesting, you know. And also that that's maybe also something we do to... Uh, for our returning clients to keep them uh, happy. There, there is, uh, we're talking about some fast delivery. Sometimes it's ridiculous. Like yeah. I, I've been asked to uh, to make something in six hours and it needed to be Hans Zimmer, Def Punk, please now, six hours. Oh yeah, oh my God. And then uh, while having that conversation, the first hour was already passed. So yeah. it's like now it's five hours. Yeah. So what do you say? Do you say, sure, because it was a very, very big project? <clears throat> or are you saying this is ridiculous? I would say this is ridiculous. Because it is. It. Yeah. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, we would say it's ridiculous. We're not going to do it. We need we need a little bit more time. Yeah. I uh, I agree. And I, I remember when I was young, I did say yes. And I did came close to something mm. decent enough. I wouldn't say that I came close to Hans Zimmer and Daft Punk. But yeah, yeah definitely something that reminds you of that. Um, that is also a little bit of ruining your own market because if they can expect that from yeah. composers if they can expect that from companies to deliver so fast then you get a lot of impatient people and they say oh but they are so fast yeah. again kind of competing with time now yeah but also competing with your health which yeah. is uh, yeah. I, I did very very strange hours yeah um and at one point i was like okay but this is not really healthy how when do you decide to say okay now we need to go the extra mile to push this one out and when do you decide we have to protect ourselves Oh, well, finding balance in that is st something we're still working on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, for me, it's hard because I'm not the one in the crunch time in the studio, you know. Guido feels all that pressure and he can share the pressure with me. I know, I know the pressure, but when he's not able to be creative because he's just not feeling it that day, you know, that happens, then he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah and no, and right. there's nothing I can do to help him. You know, we, that's something that is still quite difficult. You know, I always make the 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 schedules. Uh, I give him enough time to have an off day, uh, but sometimes it's just not there. You no, know? and then it just sucks. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And and are you not ever afraid that there is some sort of writer's block, or where it's like, oof, how do we solve this? Do we fall back on some methods that we know are less creative but we we can get the job done yeah is there a safety net or is it uh, because creativity to manage to some extent people are can also burn out to mm. having a a um a writer's block or yeah. is there other methods that you said now you're inspired enough this is not a problem uh well Guido sometimes has writer's block yeah and he he's very good in the evenings and at nights so when it's really crunch time for a feature film for instance you know he can work nights yeah and that's also when it comes in handy that we're a couple as well. Like I know why he needs to work late, and how because I told him so. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you balance this out? Because now you have your business and your personal life. You have your kids. Yeah. Um, this is also something to manage. So, yeah. what is kind of the, the the collaboration there? Like, how does it affect the the family in that sense? Like, this is something that you really need to balance out because now it's not yeah. just that it's. You're also playing with that. So if you need to work nights, then you need to take care of the kids. Or yeah. how do you, is there a method? Is this still something is an ongoing thing that you have to nurture? Probably that's. Yeah. Is there methods that you use or 
certain limits to say to each other, like, okay, we, we can't cross that. We can, if we stay within this, then we are okay. Well, I was talking about uh, about this with Guido today, and we and and we said sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what we said, <laughs> concluding to this. Sometimes it freaking sucks, and sometimes it's amazing, and we have lots of free time to 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 do things with the kids. Yes. And sometimes we don't. Yeah, it really we don't have really have a strategy for that. And you know when. It mostly comes down to when we do a feature film and then when you have like six to eight weeks weeks crunch time. And then the deal is already made. The schedule is already made. You know, the feedback sessions are scheduled. So my job is kind of done. Yeah. And I cannot really, you know, I can do some things for the company, but not not really. Yeah, advertising is such a short-term industry. So... I, yeah, it's those weeks are kind of boring for me, uh, but then it's, yeah, to be honest, um, but th those are the weeks that I need to be home a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And and what, what helps, what Guido said today as well, and what, what I totally agree with, with, with him, is that for me, all those roles are equally important. So to be able to be a good mom, I need to work, and to be able to work... You know, I also need to have a good relationship with Guido. Like all these different roles are equally important to me. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I I know you enough to say you guys are very good parents. Oh, thank you. To say how you manage that and, and how kind of your mindset is and what you think is important for your children to know and, yeah. um, and the freedom that you give um, to them to how they think about the world and what they see in their parents. Yeah. So, but I do understand that that can be quite difficult. Yeah. And I think <laughs> what you're saying as well is that's sometimes good when there's a little bit more time and you actually can dedicate, okay, I may be skipping this part. I'm going to put it on the children. You're making most of that. Yeah. And then also then the moments where it's maybe a little bit more crunchy, then they understand as well that yeah. there will be another time where there's more room. Yeah. And then it balances out for them as well. So they never yeah. feel left out. No, no, and and we have an amazing, you know, group of people around us that helps helps you you know the the opas and the omas, the grandparents, yeah. and uh, and Guido's sister is also very helpful, and you know we have some babysitters, so we have an amazing bunch of people helping us. So you, of course, have over the years you have accumulated people around you, maybe not even in the business, friends. Yeah, and. I can imagine that it's sometimes, or at least that's what I have as well as an entrepreneur, that you sometimes are operating in a different layer of what you're doing, which is not always being understood by your environment. Yeah. Uh, especially if you make a combination, there's always a perception on the outside about you, how you do things, and maybe good friends or, or other family members um, have a certain opinion. Do you still feel that there is a general understanding what you do together with Guido? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, that's something I, I struggle with and continue to struggle with, you know, feeling connected to people. Maybe because Guido and I are connected in so many different levels, like then I long for a certain kind of connection, like a certain level in the connection that I miss sometimes, yeah, with friends and uh, and, and what you said, being an entrepreneur. Not a lot of people understand that way of life, and and I thought about it as well. Like, when you become an entrepreneur, you get to know that that life is what you make of it. Mm. You know, of course, you need to be healthy, and you cannot really control all of that. But 
in general, work-wise, life is what you make of it. You know, you can you can you can do extraordinary things if you if you you know put in the time and the effort and have some guts and you know. And I think that's a way of life that not a lot of people have. And and I long to be around those people. They feel like-minded, you know, and um, and I can connect to them more easily. And then there also comes a part that I'm a woman and women, women can be very bitchy and jealous sometimes. So that's also uh, difficult. It's... Um... I do understand what you mean indeed by having just a different style, but what do you think they see then? Do they, is it something they want it to be? Is it something they think it's easier? Is it something they think it's familiar on a different level? Like why do we find it then hard to sometimes connect there? Like, is it, is it just a mindset? Is it a way of living? If it's a lifestyle where, where is kind of the disconnect in, doing that is it the, the action that we take is it uh, certain people they, they just have another role in life and therefore we find it hard to connect where is the disconnection there yeah that's a good question i don't really know actually i think like the age i am now i'm 34 you know i'm being you know this is kind of the peak of life you know you need to set your career and set it in stone and you need to buy houses and you need to be fit and you need to have a nice relationship and you need to have a ton of friends and you need to have a nice car and you need to look nice and you know be a good mom have a gazillion kids and fit your genes after 2 weeks after giving birth you know the expectations are so high um that you know people yeah the expectations society are high and there's, yes. there's a lot of pressure there and i think we people get disconnected from each other so easily because you're so freaking busy everyone is so busy they're they're just so overstimulated to really connect i think yeah and and i'm as well a lot of the times i can imagine but um yeah to me it's really important though I think the world will become a better place if if we connect more and if we let each other shine more and yeah. not overshine someone else. But that's uh, the, the the horrible thing from social media. In a way, yeah. it should be stimulating or motivating or even be inspiring to one another. Yeah. But kind of what I see, what it mostly does, is that yeah. it makes people jealous and it yeah. makes people exactly. confront their own miscomings and they're yeah. like, oh, but if this is also successful, yeah. then what am I doing with my life? So yeah. it's kind of a mirror effect that demotivates saying, okay, yeah. I... And how do ex how do people express it? By being not nice. Yeah. Yeah. Most That's what I say a lot of times. Just be nice. <laughs> Just be nice. Being... Uh, Sometimes being right, or uh, that's what I always say, being right can be extremely expensive. So sometimes mm. people are right by saying, hey, but maybe the, the stuff that you provoke or that you show around about your companies or how you feel in life um, is probably not the only thing that happens. So, um, and that's right, like everybody has their struggles, but this is not something that sells a lot. No. Um, sure, like a conversation like this where I isolate myself from all like the noise around me mm -hmm. is, is is one way to kind of deal with uh, with that and can, to be sharing those stories with you and sharing with the people that are listening to the podcast. Um, is, there, is there a way for you as well to say, how do you disconnect with so much stuff going on 
with so much you need to do Instagram and TikToks and videos and podcasts and mm. family and you how do you disconnect to stay focused how can you really put in the deep work and not be distracted oh well I right now I'm I'm in a horrible place when it comes to that <laughs> to be honest I'm still looking for ways to work on that yeah no, right now I'm really overstimulated <laughs> with work and we just bought a house and we were selling our house. You know, it's a lot. Yeah, okay. So first things need to settle down a little. So it's now you're holding too many yeah, or need balls to, in the I air. Need, I need to find tools to to organize it better and to, to, to navigate it better and to be better for myself, you know. What I did, actually, uh, a lot of social media was really, really annoying me, and mm. especially the alerts. So on my phone, oh, yeah. I have switched everything off. Yeah, me too. Uh, I miss a lot of phone calls. Yeah. So it seems like people like, you're very hard to reach now. Oh. Uh, not because I don't want to, because everything is on silence. Mm. Uh, I do still have the badges, so where I can see, oh, there's so many emails, so many messages, and uh, uh, so many alerts. And when it's really distracting, so if I caught myself into a social media trap, like uh, uh, you're endless scrolling through something, but then noticing yourself doing that, yeah, uh, yeah. I just delete the whole app. Oh, okay. Uh, the well, only I'm thing deleting Instagram <laughs> and TikTok tonight. Then yeah, I would do that. <laughs> the only thing is, and this is a little bit of a yeah a necessary poison almost, because if you need to use for business, because it's very important yes. to show what's going on yeah. and. That they're still kind of the, the lights are still on because a yeah. lot of people if if they don't see anything on social media they think hey are they still there mm -hmm. so in a way it's a necessary evil yeah and also to know what other people are doing yeah. like oh yeah. hey this director is doing fun stuff lately we should invite him for coffee it's, or it's, it's a very communicative tool so yeah. you can also communicate through like very casual stories and you're like, yeah oh, you know let's let's talk a little bit so in a way we we're keeping ourselves into this poisonous trap <laughs> oh yeah definitely so annoying yeah but it's um i also like it in a sense that i do what you're saying i see a lot of other people what they're doing and it does inspire me yeah. but i do understand that for other people it sometimes is a little bit tougher to see or yeah. it's it gives them a wrong impression or assumption about how easy things might be because yeah. you just see the end result of something yeah and it's yeah. difficult. I um, yeah, I can yeah, I can imagine being it being difficult. I never have that, to be honest. Uh, no, I do not have that. I saw this video from uh, with Jacob Collier. Yeah, and he said uh, to take up space, to not overshine others, but to to motivate others to also take up space. You know, there's enough space for everyone. I like we that. Should, we should all take up space and shine your light. You know, that sounds a bit. Like no, I like this very much. Yeah, I think it's that very, is some, uh, I'm going to send it to you. It's a good video. It he's he's to, very smart. Yeah, and I think it, it definitely needs, we need to help each other a little bit. Yeah. Sure, seeing the reality of things to say, yeah. okay, but, uh, and we said it as well, that the moment you shoot or kind of uh, um, spreading the seeds out from opportunity, yeah, the the amount of seeds that really come to uh, to grow to a tree is really low. Yeah. And and the only thing is that you see or that we share is of course the one that became successful. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. sometimes the success story is not the the one that you can learn the most from. It's no. great. Um, you learn the most from the things that don't work. Yeah. And yeah. then you build up from that. So the yeah. the, the hundred seeds that you spread, uh, there's maybe two that just come out, and that is kind of what you see. It's the tip of the iceberg, but you don't know what's under it. Yeah. 
And uh, I sometimes, and I hope also the people that are listening in and stuff like that, they understand that and and they understand kind of, like you said it yourself as well. It's a, it's a game. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff about the game that is maybe the rules. We don't like it all the time, but Mm. we still have to play the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you need to make it fun for yourself. You know, make it fun. Keep, keep the fun up. You, uh, you said something else about uh, being a woman in this industry. Yeah. Uh, You touched base on it a little bit. Um, can you can you say because yes, it's still very male driven. I have yeah. to say, in in our kind of bubble, I see there's more attention for women. There's more yeah. I- initiatives. Definitely. But can you Shout share? Shout out to Maartje Glas. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, is there is there anything that you can share that people might not know? Like, can, can you share your perspective in sometimes how you be treated or uh, maybe the the attitude that some people have, maybe they don't mean harmful to you, yeah, but it's kind of, of a a certain attitude that people have towards women in the industry. Um, towards women in the industry, I don't really know because the focus mainly is on female composers and I'm not yeah. a composer. Uh, but what, what I know, what I come across often is that people think that it's Guido's company and I just help him out a little bit besides yeah. being a mom. Uh, but the Heron music truly is 50-50. So every every penny we make, we split equally. Um, so, yeah, it really is 50-50. Um, so they underestimate you. Yeah. But I would rather have people underestimate me. Than, than overestimate. Yeah. So underestimate me all you want. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. I, I like that as well. Rather underestimate than overestimate because then... Yeah. And that's just... What happens as well because you know very well when somebody's underestimating you. Yeah, and I think most people, uh, you you can um, you can rather be underestimating somebody that is maybe um, not as capable as you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. That's a better stance to be in than the different way around. Yeah. So, is there anything else that you can say? about this that you witness and you don't have to go very particular but that you say ah oh, yeah that is maybe a little bit of an issue still and maybe it's getting better um to be a woman in this industry oh good question i think i think it all has to do with maybe a mind yeah there that's me again saying take up space you know as yeah. a woman take up space just as much as a man would do you know and is there enough room? And and, and do people like you? So. Yeah, people let me. Yeah, yeah, people let me. Very yeah, well. definitely. I think that's very important. Uh, I've never felt anything else, but maybe I wouldn't listen to it either. <laughs> yeah, maybe you have just a me, blind spot. Deal for with it. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Now, in a way, like if you don't really have attention for it, in a lot of way, it dies yeah. out, right? The yeah. more attention you put on something. Yeah. Um, definitely, that's it. It's not that I'm not insecure i'm a lot of times insecure and like coming here i was quite insecure like oh my god i don't know but <laughs> you know insecure being insecure is being human you know that's yes. fine and you can still take up space and not know but take taking up space also is showing yourself and showing that you're a kind person and a warm person and that evokes a whole lot of things as well also in the professional uh industry i think i agree yeah. I like that. So 
Is there anything before you started this whole journey that you had a certain assumption? I always call it your naive, childlike imagination to something. When I was like a child, a, a business meeting was yeah. for me like people in a suit and a whiteboard and mm. somebody being very uh, strict about certain decisions. And that yeah. was knowing you for everything. Um, completely different uh, yeah. for me. It's a completely different experience, maybe because it's we are in the creative sector. But yeah, maybe. Um, no, I had some different assumptions about how things are really uh, um, in reality. Is yeah. there something that you had an assumption, maybe specific on the on the music industry, where you're like, oh, this is how it's probably supposed to go, but you were completely wrong. Well, I think when it comes to quality, that's one thing that surprised me. You know. <laughs> Quality takes you a long way, but it's not everything, you know? Being good isn't everything. Yeah. You, need to, you need to be, you need to shout it from the roofs that you're good. You need to, you know, there are tons of other things that help with maintaining good relationships and building your career in music. It's not just being good. That doesn't cut it. And also what surprised me was the higher you get in the industry, people still don't have a clue what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) You would think it's all very well organized and everything is set in stone and for everything there's a procedure, you know, it's not. That is a a very good one. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not. There is indeed this assumption where you say, okay, but this these companies, like really big ones, they know what what they're doing. And sometimes I'm like, why is kind of this process still yeah. working this way? And why is everyone obliging to it? Yeah. And yeah. it's, um, but it's also hopeful for that because if everything was all settled and it's set in stone and concrete and professional and perfect, then yeah, it well, would be. It's kind of set in stone, but it's not professional. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. That's also true. So it is already. So you already... cannot really do anything about it. <laughs> No, but you you are right. I think in a lot of ways, when you discover, it's like, no way, this is still going yeah. this way. Yeah. How? 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 Why? That's not effective at all. And, and nobody changes it. No. Uh, nobody says anything. And then I'm the one like uh, saying rude things. Yeah. Like, this is not working. People are like, no. I find it very disrespectful <laughs> how you're treating me. And then I would yeah, say that to, to Netflix, for instance. There, there, are, there are many examples where people said but this is uh, this is how it is this yeah. is what you need to be um taken in to be part of this industry yeah and i remember i don't know a specific subject or a specific uh, team on this but some people said but I, that I really hate it i really don't like it and i said but if we don't like it as a whole industry why do we accept it yeah what, shouldn't we change it then? If if yeah. everybody says like, oh, we we don't really like how this is going on this process or how this is being treated. And then I didn't meet anybody that says, oh, but this is the benefit from that. Uh, I just heard people say, yeah, but this is just how it is. Yeah. That's very strange to me. Like, so strange. If we yeah. can... And then my authority problem comes up and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> this then is... change it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, and sure, like sometimes if you kind of want to shake those fundaments of something that is already existing for a long time yeah. not everybody's happy with that and especially if no. it comes down to money and mm. people if you shake a certain core to something and you shake um let's say a major something a, a bigger company like that and they actually yeah. um, experience some trouble from your shaking you will have a bit of a bad time mm. oh i think i can imagine <laughs> yeah i'm not that far yet now i'm just 
talking to fellow composers that are very happy because most of the time those mostly guys are in their studios and yeah. I have the time to to know what's up and I have the time to do something with it you know so so I I love to work on that and change things I do like to change I think it's also up to our generation now to say okay things are changing so fast and, yeah. and from from vinyl to cd to yeah. going to uh, um AI. all the store ai now uh, yeah. spotify but then people don't like it so it's like okay but then shall we change it but then we are fighting with consumers with but there's definitely something that we have to change uh in all benefits so i'm, yeah. I'm never saying like go against the currents um and, and stop something i think that's always bad like if something is being used a lot. You have to work with what are what is there, but then yeah. you have to change a little bit the way. So okay, but how can you use something that's existing? Yeah, and work it in your favor. And yeah, and I think we need to define the different roles that, because there are so many aspects coming towards making music now. You, you know, you have stock music, you have custom music, you have AI. So I think it's more and more important that all those roles are become defined more. You know? Yeah. We will definitely see how this unrolls and unfolds. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's an exciting time. Yeah, I don't to see live. it as a threat at all. Yeah, I, I see the older generation finding yeah. it a little bit more scary. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, during MCM Dance event, there were some talks about it. And yeah. uh, it mostly ends up where there's questions from the audience. It's like, they always oh. always ask the same <laughs> things for three years in a row. Like... <laughs> God, guys. Yes. And and, and the, the answer is interesting because the answer is most of the time, um, it's not a problem yet. Yeah. But keep your eyes open. Something yeah. like that. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> so you need to educate yourself and prepare yourself and find a way to work with it that works for you. Yes. Yeah. And when, when you're on the frontiers, you know, you're the one being able to take control. That's all we can do. Take control. Yeah. Because it's coming. Now, another question for you. Yeah. Um, is there a certain wisdom, and it doesn't have to be about the music industry, but that you wished to know earlier in life? So if you could go back, let's say 10 years, and you could speak to younger Ella and say, hey, I'm from the future. I'm going <laughs> to tell you a few things. You don't have to listen, but it might be helpful. Hmm. Well, I think I think a lot of age periods in your life have their certain char charm you know being a teenager you deal with lots of insecurities and you kind of need those insecurities to to form your personality uh and also like things people say before you have kids oh i enjoy the peace and quiet <laughs> so annoying <laughs> shut up like you have no idea what's coming and that's part of the charm um so i wouldn't really say anything besides stick up for yourself more Okay. You know, stand your grounds. If something feels off, say something about it, do something about it, take uh, charge, uh, take ownership. Yeah. When do you listen to your intuition when something is off? Always. Especially in, 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 in business, there, there are sometimes you're like, wait a second. Yeah. It seems a little sketchy. Is there yeah. indicators for you to say, okay, I have to be careful now? Yeah. 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 And I always, we always try to listen to that. And we also evaluate a lot um, and talk to each other during jobs. Like, does it feel good to you? Or like, now it sounds really hippie-ish. It's 
not like, oh, how are you feeling? How's but, the energy with this one? But we check in with each other a lot uh, and see how, how we're doing. Yeah, we're. Uh, I think I'm a very intuitive person, so I check in with myself a lot. Yeah, and when something feels off, I try to do something about it. And for somebody listening to say, okay, this is still quite vague to me. Yeah. What is that? What is the, the intuition? Like, what what's... Is there maybe a more practical way to describe that? Is it your hairs on the back of your neck that are standing up, or is it yeah. is it a certain disconnection between the contract and what people say? Like, is there maybe an advice that you say, "Ooh, be be careful here. That that's that's an uh, it's a red flag, or these are two red flags that I can already tell you." Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it mostly has to do with dealing with people and understanding people. So it takes, I think, uh, some people skills or time to to evaluate how someone else is acting. Um, and I had a really inspiring talk with uh, I'm in an uh, in entrepreneur group, uh, and we all do tons of different things. There's one guy that makes robots that makes houses, and there's an another guy who has a who teaches salsa who has a huge uh, salsa school and he said um, when you know someone really well you can plan out the entire conversation because you already know what they're going to say and you can yeah. just practice it and that was such a good tip I was like yeah you're right yeah I can practice the whole entire conversation and then also you can steer it in certain directions so my intuition said this is not going well because this producer is always doing this and this and this and the, then he said you know the solution is very easy because you know uh, your intuition is right you know what she's like so you can schedule the whole mm. conversation and you can steer it in your way um so yeah intuition is you know yeah people skills i think uh, i learned to see a little bit and, and feel yeah we Tends to listen, especially when you're younger, not too much to it. Yeah, it and feels I odd, but we are we we like to give it the benefit of the doubt. Lots are like, ah. yeah, and maybe you need to give your intuition some time. You know, it's yeah. not like I have this like, bam, it's there. <laughs> it sometimes it takes me a few days or a week or mm. to feel out a certain situation. It's not. Um... You're saying something, um, something important. Uh, you're saying you're a part of a group of entrepreneurs that come together once in a while yeah. uh, from completely different industries. Yeah. And I think that gives great perspective. Yeah. Because sometimes you learn something or somebody can teach you something that is quite familiar, but also very different, but it's kind of is a universal truth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yes, I think that gives you a very creative way in yeah. maybe even shifting or maybe gives you a... An, an ID to say, huh, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Um, it's very humbling as well. Yeah. And of course, like you are, what we are saying as well, like, do you feel that you are being understand all the time or understood all the time around you? And now you are surrounding yourself by all these other entrepreneurs, maybe yeah. not all your people, maybe yeah. they're, it's all different personalities, of course. Yeah. But they yeah. definitely have a certain mindset in, in doing so. So yeah. do you feel as well that there's more people where you say, hmm, not everybody, of course, I feel a better connection now just because they are doing something in a similar field? Um, I feel more connected because I'm in the entrepreneurial group, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I you... feel I feel very hurt there. Uh, um, but I'm a very... When 
it's mostly guys <laughs> and I'm a very expressive person. So uh, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, so, uh, yeah, sometimes I feel a bit like uh, like I say too much. I'm always a bit too emotional. <laughs> Not that I cry there or something, but I'm always like talking with my hands and, you know. <laughs> Uh, but maybe a bit extra because they're not as well. I don't know how that works with me. It I haven't quite give, figured that out. It does give a great dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, I really like being there, and it always—it's nice to to know that you're all that we're all dealing with the same insecurities and and the same problems. And uh, yeah, it's very it's very nice. Okay, that's good. Yeah, we so, need more girls, though. Is that uh, is there? also a great benefit from being a minority there right like oh because you stand out very much because if you say it's there's a lot of males there but you do stand out because that makes you a little bit different is there yeah benefit in that oh uh, i don't know i don't know I haven't thought about it no no okay that, sure. it I could be where they're like oh i have to deal with paul or i have to deal with ella it's probably more fun <laughs> to do, to deal with you than with me i don't know no they're they're really nice and and warm and welcoming people but you know yeah i'm not sure i'm gonna think about it okay yeah then um of course you have kids you're in this industry uh both of you you and your partner hito would you wish your kids to lens in the same industry or would you say never <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I would, they can do whatever they want, to be honest. Yeah, I would support them in uh, most of the things. No, I would support them. And uh, I think Guido will explain to them, like, you know, that's not for me. But he made a work out of his hobby, you know, and that therefore his hobby changed. Mm. You know, a certain dynamic of his hobby is no longer there. Um, so I think. That's something he will explain to them if they make a career out of making music. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, that's totally fine if they want to do so. Yeah, go ahead. Guido uh, Figo, my son did his first uh, singing gig. Oh yeah. Yeah, he sang for a Danone commercial. Oh so wow! Cute. Okay. It was the cutest thing. And he was, right after, he was like, where's my money? Like, literally, <laughs> okay, putting so his hand up. Where's my money? He's learning fast. <laughs> yeah. And he wants to buy Minecraft stuff. And, you know. Okay. Yeah. And Fayen might end up on a stage because she loves attention and she loves okay. singing and dancing. And everything is a song to her. She makes a song out of everything. So. So it wouldn't surprise me. How will you dedicate their interests? So uh, if they have a certain interest in something, like is, do you want to steer that? Or, and this doesn't have to be music related, but how would you say you provoke them into some extent? Or are you saying like, no, it comes down to them picking. I know they're doing Montessori, yeah. which is kind of that method. Yeah. Uh, I did it as well in elementary school yeah. where it's more, or the method is more you choose which direction you kind of want to, go for what you, you kind of want to uh, um, feel a little bit more what you want to yeah. you want to touch base on a little bit more so if it's more language or it's or mathematics or it's more playful and arts yeah is this is also how you raise them to be yeah i think i we follow their lead mostly in what they're interested in and then try to stimulate that and try to let them gain confidence from growing in those kind of things yeah and then giving them sometimes a stage to say, do you want to try this out? Yeah, yeah. Become a Danone yeah. singer. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. 
I, I need to. Is this already um, released? Is this already no, out there? No, no, I don't think so. I should check. I, I'm not sure. I'm very curious about that one. Yeah, yeah, That's I really can, cool. I can uh, let it show it to you. It's so cute. What do you think is is most important uh, for them to know when they are growing up in this world, especially now we are still in a world where we were native analogs and you have native digitals, meaning yeah. people that grew up with internet and with social media, we we still have a time where we this wasn't a thing. Yeah. So we are in the middle of it. We we know both worlds. Yeah. Um, what do you think is very important for them to know growing up in this time and age? Ooh, good question. Um, that real connections are still, you know, what makes life worthwhile, you know? Mm. And that you make real connections by really listening and really paying attention. Um, and that social media and stuff like that and the internet is a good tool to relax, you know, uh, play video games or watch some YouTube videos about Minecraft. And, you know, it's a good way for him to, to relax. Yeah. Um, but, but that it's truly about human connection and, uh, and also about seeing the little things in life, you know, the, how the sun goes through the little leaves that are changing into beautiful colors right now, you know. That's something I want them to keep seeing. It's about the little things in life, not about the big things. It's uh, it's good advice for uh, for adults as well. It's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think adults should should know uh, should pay more attention to that as well. Yeah. Now what you're saying about connection, um, because sometimes you can see business as oh that is something very pragmatic. Yeah. Uh, sure, I guess you could see it in a certain industry, but how I witness it, and I believe you as well, is yeah. I truly make a connection with somebody. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm hoaxing somebody into a connection. Like, I, I like you and Guido very much just because we had chemistry. Yeah. And there was something like, hey, I'm, I think I really like your mindset. I like how you look at life. Um, this is not a certain trick no. This is not a method for me to groom you into something that I want. And I believe that, sure, maybe some of your connections are a little bit more business-driven, a little bit more pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah. Although I still think that if you work with somebody purely pragmatic and there is no emotional connection to some extent, I'm not, I, I don't really know how that works. No, me neither. <laughs> no clue. Me neither. Yeah, I was just talking about this, Tejido, like there's, there's, elements to it where you need to be very open like what does it benefit how does it benefit me how does it benefit you but it's truly about a connection you know yeah. also about the composers and producers that work freelance for us um you know it's about a connection at first and then being very open about yeah. how how this working bond elevates each other and it can be based on money as well or fame or you know I was talking to Pete Philly uh, to to work together, and I said, you know, it's just very. We were being very honest about it. Like he said, I want the advertising money, and I said to him, I want your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. We have that figured out. Nice. You probably laughed about it. Is it like okay, let's go? Yeah, yeah, let's ah, go. Awesome. It was. It, it's it's good to 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 talk about those kind of things as well. Besides the connection, it's yeah. it's it, you know it works hand in hand together. I think. I'm I'm saying it's especially uh, after Amsterdam Dance Events. You had some people 
they're they're coming down, especially DJs, and they're dropping their credentials. Yeah, it's like this is what I did, these gigs I did, these yeah. labels I released, and I'm uh, I don't know, they did so many years sales or something, but in a way that's very stupid. Yeah, like I yeah I guess like the most people that I talk at conferences, I already expect them to, to be good. Yeah, and I am more interested in their. I don't know, their vision of life, yeah. their, their philosophy. And especially if it's a little bit weird, it's like, yeah. I, I like weird stories. Yeah. And um, how they look at the industry. I always find that very interesting as well. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's sometimes, and these credentials, I will probably figure it out. If I like you, you yeah. don't have to drop that on me. I, I will figure it out. Yeah. I will search the internet. And if you yeah. have planted those things around, then I will figure that out. Yeah. You don't have to really drop it on me. No. And you will know after 20 seconds if it's good. Or not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You, when you hit play and you're like 20 seconds in, and you, then you already know. <laughs> yeah. You don't you know, do in you a way you, that as well? You with music? Yeah. 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 So you skip pretty fast. Yeah. So you don't have to really sense uh, 20 tracks. Like, actually, that annoys me if I get 20 mm. tracks of people. Like, yeah. Okay. Depending if it's an album, sure. Then it's yeah. an exception. But if it's more in a like, like, hey, this is what I can do. I would say send your three best tracks yeah. or some and make it fit what you are looking for. So yeah. if it's trailer music and you're sending it to me, it's great. Um, but yeah, I, I probably skip through it pretty fast. And if I'm like, whoa, this this has a certain ring to it, then I start to go deeper. So it's first yeah. a scan and then it's more of a deeper listen. Yeah, yeah. You definitely. do the same, right? Yeah, yeah. I totally do the same. And I always... I listen to the music, of course, and then I also listen to the story and and uh, listen, uh, read the email when it's an email, and then uh, try to see if it's a generic email that they sent to everyone and just change the name. Yeah. Um, and uh, and what I also like as a tip for others, uh, pick out a campaign or uh, something that the company made that you find nice and yeah. s say why you like it. That yeah. makes it quite personal as well. Yeah, but then, just a little personal touch. So, uh, a few weeks ago, we got an email from someone saying they liked the job. And we were like, really? <laughs> that job? Really? <laughs> they just picked one? one? They didn't that listen? That campaign? Really? You like that one? Okay. Okay. Interesting. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, can be, it can be a different form of taste, but that's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, maybe it was a taste difference. Yeah, yeah. Or it was just pick a random project and go for it. Yeah, we invited him and he, he came to the studio and we talked about it. So it was, it was nice, but it was very intriguing. Like, oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Hey, and then uh, maybe to conclude a little bit for people that that hesitate or have a problem finding their passion, finding their place in this world. Um, a lot of people say to me, it's like, oh, but you are so lucky that you find your passion. And yeah. I was always thinking, I failed at so many things yeah. to find this, to find this space. Um, do you maybe have some tips for them to say what to practically do to figure out what their place is, what their passion is and what they can excel at? Oh, really good one. Um, well, I think I started my career not thinking about what, what I wanted to do to begin with. So I just started out like blank. I had no, I had no clue what I want, really wanted to do. Um, what I did. Yeah. I think, I think visualize myself yeah. and, and, uh, visualize what I want to look like, what, what I want my life to look like mostly. Yeah. I, I, 
as I said in the beginning, I didn't really have a career in envisioned or something like that. I had more of a life envisioned and a way I wanted to live mm. than a career, to be honest. So how do you visualize this? Was it in your head? Did you write it out? Did you yeah, make I a think mood from board? From a very young age, I I really wanted to have a high quality of life and I wanted to have lots of fun and, and gezelligheid, and, uh, <laughs> connection. Um, and then becoming older, I had more visualizations about the the woman I wanted to be okay. and uh, how I want to come across and what kind of person I want to be as a mom as well. So it was mostly after becoming a mom. And I really made visualizations, yeah, and write, write, writing down what I want to look like and how I want to take up a space and how uh-huh. I want people to see me, how I want to come across and... and uh, yeah, I really made visualizations of me walking in the hallway in a Sirat where the yeah. studio is. And I really had these visualizations of me, how I walked, what I dressed like, you know, how I came across. Yeah. That's nice. And you you really believe it in your head, right? It's yeah, not something it's that about gives you manifesting. Doubt that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, like I really that. felt that that was me. Yeah. And then you start to act like it. Yeah. I like that. It's very good advice. I think it's uh, if you surround yourself with like-minded people yeah. let's say you have a lot of negative people around you then you probably become quite negative as well it's just yeah. very contagious yes it's very positive then probably more positive or more entrepreneurial then you yeah. become probably more entrepreneurial surround yourself same. with people that lift you up yeah but then also with your thoughts those thoughts are yeah. very very strong like yes. the moment if you have those self-doubt that's that, that strange voice in your head that keeps doubting you and keeps like having those insecurities yeah uh, have a good conversation with that one and, yeah. and make sure that that voice is uh, rooting for you yeah definitely and, and uh, to your vision so i i really like that it's really good yeah. thank you is there anything else you would like to plug is there some is there a project coming is there social media where can people find you and learn more Ooh. about Ooh. your own music I was just thinking yesterday that I really need to work more on the <laughs> on the website. Now we're changing the website and adding our feature film work to it as well. Awesome. And I think there's a project coming out um, next week, I hope. So when this is live, probably um, uh, with a film uh, directed by Ryan McDaniels, which yeah. is something we've worked on for quite a long time. And it was uh, such a fun project for Guido to do. And I think that's really... Um, really good i'm really proud of it um it's with a uh, ballet dancer and it's uh the music has turned out really beautiful and we collaborate with maki he did all the he's a producer for seth deliza uh so i'm really proud of that um and you can find our website and uh, our instagram heron music where we post uh, music monday every monday so i post music that i like there you go I like that. If you uh, want to follow, follow Ella and Guido and, and everything, what they're doing with Hera Music, go check it out. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so open, transparent, and sharing your perspective with me Thank and with you. everybody listening. Um, it's nice. It's been very pleasant. Like my isolation with you can just <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah, it was nice. I really like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. When we hang out the next time, we should just bring headphones. <laughs> yeah. it's, a nice, it's a nice dynamic. No, but thank you for, uh, so much, Ella. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. And I hope for the people that are listening in that they uh, they actually got a, a few uh, interesting points out of it. And if there's anything else that provoke you with a question, please uh, let us know in, uh, in any social media comments or whatever. And we'll try to give you your answer as soon as possible. For now, I want to thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Hunchback Talks. 
If you like this podcast, make sure to follow it and share it with your friends. If you want to find out more about Hunchback Music, what we do as a company, and our composers, make sure to check out the links in the description of this podcast to our website and our socials. We hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more episodes in the future.